0: Here, she here. said.
1: In this, this here place, we flesh, we flesh. Flesh, flesh that, that weeps,
2: we laughs, flesh, laughs.
1: flesh, flesh that, that dances that on bare feet
2: in grass. In grass. Love, love it, it.
0: Love, love it hard.
2: hard. Yonder. Yonder they, they do not love, love your flesh, your flesh.
0: They,
2: they despise, despise it.
0: it They, they don't, don't
2: love, love your eyes, eyes. They, they just, just assume pick them out No more
3: do they love more. the skin on your,
1: your skin on your back
3: Yonder
1: They They flay it. it.
2: And And oh,
1: oh, oh, my people, my people, people, they 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 do not love love your hands. hands. Those Those they only
2: use, tie, bind, bind, chop off, and and leave empty. empty. Love Love your hands. hands.
1: Love them. your hands raise, raise them, up, them and up and kiss them kiss them touch,
2: touch others, others with them, them. pat them, them together
1: stroke, stroke them on, them on, your, on your face cuz they, they don't, don't love that, that either. either no 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 you've got, got to, to love it. it
2: you've
1: got to love it you've. You've This This is is flesh. I'm talking about here. Flesh
4: that needs to be
0: loved. loved. Tony Morrison from Beloved.
4: Wow, thank you. We have live in studio Uzo, Chibweze, Faye, and the one and only Rodessa Jones. Representing Cultural Odyssey and the Medea Project. And they also have a show coming up this weekend called When Did Your Hands Become a Weapon? Just a heads up that there will be a ticket giveaway at the end of this episode. And you can find bios for all four guests at our website, weriseproduction.com And in the show description on iTunes and Spotify. Would someone like to jump in at talking about the show?
0: It is a performance ritual, as all of the Medea Project Theater for Incarcerated Women shows are. It's a way to explore the real and the now. And when did your hands become a weapon? Is a way to peruse the violence that is growing against women globally and of course domestically.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, it's always interesting in my history of working with the Medea Project that uh, these large-scale shows like this happen with the the river flow of history going mm-hmm. underneath it, and um, with our previous show Birthright, when in a collaboration with Planned Parenthood, we um, that was. 2014, where legitimate rape and the midterms for Republicans used the bodies and the freedoms of women as a stepping stone for political advantage out in the uh, congressional races. And so these terms of legitimate rape um, or a woman well, woman can't get pregnant because her body, after she's been raped, will seize up, and therefore she will reject having a baby. So that may- rapist it's not his child. That kind of th- stuff was happening. And then this year it was Kavanaugh hmm. and uh, Dr. Christine Ford's testimony, which that Thursday I remember the traffic being so slow But all the women in my carpool were just mesmerized and we were all swallowing hard and breathing because I think every woman in America listening to her, watching her, Mm -hmm. was triggered, Mm -hmm. deeply triggered. Um, So there's many discussions that rose from that and flowed themselves into this piece.
0: And let us not forget Me Too, the Me Too movement. The Medea Project has been dealing with Me Too for the Mm -hmm. last 30 years, you know. The whole idea that uh, we hold these secrets. We hold the, the shame of being violated in a culture, a rape culture. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about our work and the members of the Medea Project is that everyone has come together with their stories and everybody is so vehemently brave and outraged by the moment and the time. So the show itself is pretty... Um, It's pretty wild. We always say to begin the show, fasten your (laughs) seatbelt. Yes.
2: I I am one of those. I am Uzo, and I am one of those that said, me too, when I saw Birthright in 2014. Mm. And I remember going up to Rodessa up on the stage and saying, how is it possible to tell this kind of story to the public? I didn't Mm. know that that was possible. Mm. Do you know? So being in this... Performance. How did your? Um, when did your hands become a weapon? For me, is my healing process. I'm able to tell my me too story,
1: not only to the world but to my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's what's really incredible about the project is that all the stories are true. You know, and that you might hear a story from somebody that it might not be their story, but somebody who is a part of the Medea Project, it is their story. It's true. And I think that is what really is incredible to a lot of our viewers, too, that everything we're saying, it's not necessarily fiction. It isn't fiction, actually. It's all no. true. Um, and that's really the power of the the stories that we're telling on stage.
3: You know, I, I'm constantly amazed, and my heart is broadened by not only our diversity, but the, the generational diversity of this mm-hmm. cast, mm-hmm. that uh, we were just talking off offset about um, how honored I feel to be in our generation, Renessa, to have these younger women mm-hmm. who are—I hope, and I know—they will carry carry on the struggle and carry on the vision, the vision.
0: And I I see uh, the the work as um, performing medicine. Uh, Doctor um, Edward Bakter, who heads the women's HIV clinic at UCSF. He and I went to Dartmouth last fall, and we gave a series of talks, and it was entitled Performing Medicine. Mm -hmm. And uh, Saturday night at the gala, this young woman came up to me after the show, and she was just crying, and she thanked me. She said, thank you for this evening, because I was raped at 18, and I just turned 40, Mm -hmm. and finally tonight, hearing these stories, something broke, something gave and something mm-hmm. opened that I can move on. I know that it's really about me and my life and not the rapist's life and the mm-hmm. the crime that was committed against me. And she was just overjoyed with tears as well that she had come to a theater performance and was feeling that free.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like how often does that happen when you see a show? You know, I think Rodessa always says and she boys say, by the way. Rodessa always says that um Medea Project is women saving their own lives. Yes. And I love that phrase. And it, you don't often see theater art that's has stakes that are so high. You know, like literally it is women changing their lives, saving yeah. their lives through performance work, through art making with other incredible people. I've learned so much just being in the room with Rodessa and Faye and the other women that, that we're, we work with. And it's, yeah.
0: I always it's say cool. that I'm not interested in, this is Rodessa. I'm not interested in, um, you can tell by me. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a very distinct voice. A radio voice. I was going to say, yes. Second Life is a and, DJ uh, over here. I always say that I'm really not interested in art for art's sake. Right. I want the the work, the moment, the time with the public to be a healing uh, process and if it saves somebody's life or it gives a a woman reason to stand up straighter, then I am happy. Mm-hmm. But uh, because it's uh, you know it's it goes it's so deep. When I hear you Uzo at night, uh, I affirmations and you speak about your indigenous mm-hmm. Nigerian roots. It is so ancient, yes. you know. For me as a as a shaman of sorts to gather these women, mm-hmm. and I feel like we sit around these these ancient campfires and we are moving the planet mm, yes. with with our words and uh, with our truth telling and it's all about revolution for me.
3: I'm Faye and i um, the dramaturg for this company and um, it's been my privilege to really watch women from inside jails and the women from the community who are our artists develop their voices and you know when there's There's this quote unquote, "finding your voice that, mm-hmm. that I think it's an undersold factor of our personal growth, our soul growth. Mm-hmm. When you find your voice, that means for me it, that there's an a truth that comes from deep within your soul goes out through your heart, goes in through your mind and down into your fingers and into your pen Mm
2: -hmm. or
3: your computer, that you know that you are hitting the rock bottom of yourself when you can't help but tremble as you type or that you're reading what you just wrote and you can't quite believe you said what you just said. Mm -hmm. But this is something that your spirit has to get out of you so that you can be free. And um, it's been my privilege to work with women who have been traumatized and could not make sense of it first on the paper, but we work together to find the thread of truth and mm-hmm. how they got there. And it's that moment of trauma, and it just falls into place into where and why they went where they went, um, the wrong turns, the right turns, the bad choices and then finally the disease and the incarceration so it's it's been an incredible journey yeah,
4: yeah. and and can i jump in Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard cuz we're we're separated by these, these panes of glass but i'm over <laughs> here and my body is i'm like shaking because everything you're saying is so true and that's why i'm doing this to me creating we rise and being able to have conversations like this is part of my art form and part of how i um can support truth and and it's i mean i went through the first voice talk about coming to voice apprenticeship program here at kpfa Mm -hmm. and there is something profound about getting in touch with that feeling of what truth feels like in our bodies and that feeling of what it feels like to share it and um We can call it a lot of things, we can call it medicine, we can call it art, but also it makes me, one thing I was thinking about at listening to you all is the way it's not just intergenerational, like the five of us in this room being from different generations, mm. but art is in conversation with our foremothers and our yes. babies and their mm. babies. And I'm thinking about how you, you know, you invoke Toni Morrison with the hands and the title of this piece, when did my hands become a weapon? And you're immediately in your body and feeling your hands and thinking about the power of our hands and the power of our voices. And I'm curious, and then and then the name, the Medea project. So one question I wanted to ask is, who is Medea?
0: Wow.
4: <laughs> She's dead.
3: M- Medea.
1: Medea is living. <laughs> no, sorry, Medea is living. <laughs>
3: uh, for
0: uh, listeners who might not know who Medea is, I'm sure they know who Jason is. Jason and the Argonauts. Uh, uh, Medea uh, was a sorceress who fell in love with Jason uh, as he traveled uh, the mythical world. And um, she had the power to give him whatever he desired. And it grew through her loving him, women who love too much, and hint, hint. And uh, she, she betrays her family, her mm-hmm. father, her brother, to be with this man and goes back to Greece, I think it is, and uh, sets up home, sets up homemaking with him. Has two children, and then he decides politically that it's better if he marries the princess in this in this particular city. And he sort of announces it and tells her that, well, that's how it's going to be. I'm, you know, it's about me. You know, it's uh, women are still dealing with men who it's about them. But Medea was so powerful that she said, "Really, watch this," and she. Murders the two children in revenge. And um, Gaia, the earth mother, comes for Medea, comes for her with two griffins, and lifts her up into the atmosphere and she as they utter the magic word of God, and she's gone. And so Medea, the Medea Project grew out of, I love mythology, but also I met a woman when I first started many years ago with this work. I met a woman who had killed her baby in revenge because her husband uh, had, um, they had both gotten into smoking crack cocaine and medical studies show that women have a a much lower tolerance for drugs and alcohol. So she all of a sudden, a graduate of Berkeley, University of Berkeley, she ends up with an addiction. And her husband uh, tells her he wants her gone. And this is a woman that I met at the, at the, the city jail here. He says, I want you gone, I want my baby, but I, don't want, I want you gone, because you're done, you're through. You're, you're a drug addict. And uh, she smothers the baby. And uh she was like on a when I met this woman, she was on another plane. she was she was sitting there looking out beyond this world. and i was I was an aerobics teacher at that time, really <laughs> perky, and I'm like, "Hi, we're going to the gym. You know, you want to come?" And she just says, "Only God can judge me. I'm waiting for God to come and judge me." And I was like, what is this? And it just threw me and stunned me. And I had just seen A Dream of Passion with um, Melina McCurry and I think it was Ellen Bernstein. But it was about an actress going to Greece and pre- performing Medea. All of this was in my head when I saw this. And the California Arts Council asked me would I go into the jails and work with women teach them aerobics, that was, they wanted me to teach aerobics, but just meeting this woman, Deborah, and knowing, oh no, something else is called for, and the Medea Project grew out of this exchange for me with this particular uh, inmate.
4: Yeah, myths are really powerful, Mm. connective tissue, um, sort of time-traveling devices, I guess. Yes. Yes. And... I'm just thinking so, you know, in addition to wanting to talk about the show that's coming up this weekend and you already had your first weekend this past week. It's also the 40 year anniversary of Cultural Odyssey and 30 years of the Medea project. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in addition, of course if the, there it all's going to connect, so if there are things folks want to share specific to When Did Your Hands Become a Weapon, please do. And also I'd love to get into some conversation and celebration mm. <laughs> and envisioning forward, you know, 40 years back, 40 years forward maybe, mm. celebrating this incredible legacy of the work you've been co-creating, Rodessa.
0: Well, I, I had a body of work. Uh, the Legend of Lily Overstreet, which a lot of people may may remember, was like my, was like my debut on the stage in the Bay Area. I had been dancing mm-hmm. nude. I was dancing in the Peep Show. And uh, because my daughter had won a scholarship to a very prestigious school, Marin Academy, but her father had flaked and uh, we had no money for incidentals and I took this job uh, dancing new downtown, and it was fascinating to me. First of all, it was it was all women. It was a man who owned the club, but it was these great older dykes who just loved me. And I, <laughs> I walked in, and they were like, "Hey," <laughs> and they just they they were so fascinated with the fact that I, I'm you know I'm I'm still I'm still beautiful. But in those days, I was like cut, you know. I was like, "Bam!" Walked through the door, and they were like, you can, a baby, you can do whatever you want here." <laughs> So I started dancing there, but at the same time, I started to notice the political ramifications of being in a scene where we, the women, are making all of this money, and at the same time, we're expected to clean the floors, the bathroom. You know, it was a two-part job. We'd sat in a booth, and men would put money in, and they could come in and, you know, literally jerk off on the mirrors. And we were expected to clean the mirrors and clean the floor. And we're like, oh, no. I was like, oh, no. And the women are like, no. I said, oh, no, honey, we're not doing that. Secretaries don't have to polish the furniture or or, <laughs> or, or, or shampoo the carpets. We're not doing that. And it was th- that kind of stuff as well as racism, racism and sexism, where you have um, comments made um, that was a wonderful dancer, Holly for Hollywood, but she was a jerk at first. She was just a total jerk and assumed that because she had honey blonde hair and uh, she was very pale skinned that she just had it going on and, the The dark skinned girls didn't. It was like she was about it, you know, And I had to kind of set her down and uh, tell her what to what. But um uh, so i I was getting all of this information about, you know, what is going on, even in this uh, microcosm of the world. Here we are. We're all naked. You know, and I would I would read in between my stints on stage, and I remember um, uh, there was a writer. I was reading Shogun, and that writer came in with the owner of the club, who loved young girls, young black girls. This guy loved young black girls, and I'm reading this book, and this man's like, the the guy who owns the club. He starts accusing me of being a cop because I'm educated because I'm reading, you know, and uh, the uh, the other, the writer was like, uh, you want me to sign your book? I said, no, honey, I, I bought your book. I don't need for you to sign. I could give you my phone number. I said, no, I don't, you know, I don't need any of that. And uh, the other women were checking me out, though. They were like, oh, she's like, I had my voice, you know. It, you know, you'd have to meet my mother. That's another $20, <laughs> but I had my voice. And when I started dancing nude, I told my family, my brothers, and my father said to my brothers, go down there and see what's going on. You know how Roe is. Go down there and see if she's safe. So I, I was, uh, I had come in in a different way. But uh, doing this work, I made a theater piece about it because I really, I really uh, believe in autobiographical theater. I really believe that... Uh, Uh, That we, again, back to our voices, but also at that time, um, women of color, black women, we didn't have our voices. We're not necessarily—we had Cicely Tyson in Hollywood, you know. Mm. And it was like uh, uh, there may have been more women on Broadway, but it was like, how do I tell my stories? And after seeing Lily Tomlin and um, Robin Williams and— That was another wonderful uh, comedian. I can't think of her names right now. But I started to think, I want to be center stage to talk about my journey. So I made a piece entitled The Legend of Lily Overstreet. And uh, in the course of that, I met Idri Sakamore, who was doing a one-man show uh, at the uh, Eureka. And uh, uh, he just was fascinated with my boldness and the work that I had. And he said, hey, why don't you quit your day job? Quit your day job. Let's get this together because Idris is one of the most amazing art uh, businessmen in the Bay Area. And he said, you know, we can make this happen. And uh, so began this journey with him. Of uh, he 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 took all of my publicity, and he said, we're gonna make a, we're gonna make a, a bo- total brochure about your work, and we're gonna start to present your work. And he and I started touring the world, and uh, it, it's t- to this day where. We're doing well. He's in uh, um, Warsaw right now with his band, The Pyramids, but it was, uh, I I meet Idris Akamor, who's from Chicago, the Art Ensemble, all of these black male artists who knew something politically about, you know, you got to get paid, this is a job, and Idris is from that part of the world, and he um, taught me a lot about Mm -hmm. um, about making work and selling work and seeing your work as valuable and uh, asking for the money. He has no problem.
3: <laughs>
4: That's real. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Um. I have two follow-ups. So one is in this sort of commemorative uh, or like honor honoring space. What have Uzo and Chibweze and Faye? What have each of you learned in working with Rodessa?
2: This is Uzo. I can start. <laughs>
4: Wow. She
0: flounces a lot. So <laughs> I love that about
2: her. <laughs> High highs and low lows. That's what that is. Um, I've learned the power of collaborative leadership. In my experience working with community members and working on something together, that's a huge challenge. Um, people from all walks of life. Um so I've, I've watched Rodessa uh, be able to s- what seems like seamlessly bring stories of all kinds together mm. because they all have one thread in common, and that is violence mm. against us. Uh, so n- no matter who you are or where you've come from in the world, all you have to do is just ask one prompt, mm. and that could mm. get the rivers flowing. And mm. I really highly appreciate that.
1: Um, this is Chipuez it. Yeah. Whew. I feel like one thing that I've learned, one of the many things I've learned working with the Medea Project in Rodessa is really seeing how theater can heal. And mm-hmm. acting and art, like all those things. But in this case, theater can heal. And I feel like I always suspected that. I always, you know thought that could be real but seeing it actually play out in front of me and actually seeing people heal themselves and heal each other in the room like in the moment and over time as we were doing this rehearsal process and writing these stories and crafting the the telling of it that yeah just seeing how it's it's changed people's lives how people have learned to talk again people are reversing their own illnesses you know people are fighting addiction just to be in the room and to be on stage like that's yeah, that's an incredible gift. And that was the reason I wanted to work at Rodessa, to do that kind of work and see what that really means and to see to be part of that and to see how difficult it is but also how rewarding it is mm-hmm. and how ultimately worth it it is, is so, so special. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
3: well, um, God, uh, we started knowing each other in mid-80s, and I, <laughs> then I joined the company in 1992. So I guess that would make our friendship 30 yeah. something years. But um, when we started working together as artists, I, the first Medea project, we were in the county jail in San Bruno and I was so uh, young at 32 or 33 mm, and wow. a little bit scared. And um, then we were introduced to the women on the inside. and. Um, uh, they had written their pieces, and there was a young woman by the name of Juanita who had an amazing story of being, um, of being gang-raped, set up by her friend on the streets. and um, A
0: girlfriend.
3: A girlfriend. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, the piece could not—again, back to that story that she had all the pictures and the facts, but not necessarily what happened in that level of betrayal— you know, not just her her girlfriend's betrayal, but ultimately the police and their betrayal of, of us, of women who are victims of assault. So I became a dramaturg that night and started with Juanita and her piece and got her to talk, talk it through and being comfortable with the way the language was arranged and settled in, the same facts, but in an order that began to make sense for her and would make sense to the audience. And I graduated from that over the years from being thematically associating pieces, because Radessa and I were starting to work more closely together to assemble shows, into what I now call um, musically arranging the pieces, because there's an emotional music in everyone's voice. And in everyone's words, and it's more than just words. It's not on the page anymore. It's it's coming from your heart. And working with the project and the, the our community and our stories, we know that one the end of one piece begins the emotional ride for the next piece to go and ebb and flow. And it is like being in a jazz company, a jazz group, <laughs> hey. now, that we're, we're shooting from the hip, but we also know where we need to go. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a dramaturgy, but it's also um, composing, arranging, mm-hmm. and uh, choreographing, and feeling the music of the human voice.
0: Then I love uh, um, Faye's passion. I leave, because the Madeira Project has become so popular that I'm around the country, I'm working at universities everywhere, and I can leave Faye and Lisa Freyas, and they can run things, you know. And, uh, and Faye is very, very uh, particular and careful about everything, and so um, she really has become like my right hand in a lot of ways, and I really appreciate that. Mm. that uh, She can work very hard. She has a lot of opinions, and I have to sometimes (laughs) (laughs) go. We're not doing that now, Faye. But But if I let her run with it, I'm sure it would be lovely.
4: (laughs) So I have a dear sister who's in theater and devotes her life as an artist to to healing, to community healing, to collective liberation, and she had a few questions. um, So I'd love to bring them in, specifically one of them. For Rodessa and and of course, if any of you want to chime in, please do. She wants to know: Is the theater landscape collectively playing our part in bringing about the world we need, and how could we collectively move further in that direction?
3: Hmm.
0: I think just by starting, that's a great question. But we have to build. You know, it's uh, no, and nobody's going to give it to us. You know, and, and uh, the what's lovely and magical about artists is that we all have our own eye and our own dreams about it. And if we can, uh, back to what Uzo was saying about collective leadership, if we can respect and hold that together as a community and be open to each other's ideas and thoughts and plat- and uh, plateaus and tableaus, um, yes, the answer would be yes. But it's going to take... Um, it's going to take time, and uh, it's already happened. One of the one of the wonderful things about living in the Bay Area, and Martha Graham, the choreographer, said it best. She said that people from California believe anything is possible, mm. <laughs> and so here we are. You know, here we are, and uh, so I would say yes. But you know, that's uh, that's my that's opinion. It's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think about and I, the first time I read. The review on Hamilton, which was in 2014 or 15, I said, "Wow," um, and that they're using spoken word in mm. the place, and that, and, and I was thinking, you know, we, in a way, maybe we we're, we're, we crack the whip or the let's say the. We start the roll of the wave and one idea comes out to the next, comes out to the next and the next. Mm -hmm. We give each other permission to do this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I watched David Diggs in his film um, *Blind Spotting*, and, you know, Redez and I were holding on to each other for (laughs) dear life because it was just so harrowing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also felt, God, major props to Lin-Manuel and David Diggs for that. But... You know they they had permission from somewhere, mm-hmm. and not from a power above, but from within. Mm-hmm. To say they didn't come out of the blue, and it's a women's turn now. It's women's mm-hmm. turn. To start rising up and we rise. But women's turn to start, stop asking permission. But don't and,
0: forget the, the great Intozaki Shange who just died
3: yes.
0: this week. Intozaki Shange stepped into the center mm-hmm. and said, This is for colored girls who've yeah. considered to, so, and I had never, I had never ever considered the, the, the weight, the wonder of being a colored girl. And then she just like, bam, yeah. and she opened the door. Yeah. I think she opened the door even for Hamilton. Yes. If they would admit it, she opened the door and said, let's tell the truth. Yes. Let's talk about our real lives. but I didn't want to cut no, you off. No, no no, like, no, 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 no. She's the queen mother who's ascended, but uh, honey, because of her, I live. Yes, yeah, we yeah. all do. Mm. We all
1: do. I think there were... People like Intuzake, people people like yourself, Rodessa, who like who opened those doors so that we mm-hmm. could make those worlds. Like I think you're right that it is changing. I feel like I am seeing more, you know, even just plays by women of color, a lot yes. of like black playwrights, oh my a lot goodness. of you know, women of color. I see, you know, young Jean Lee just had the first Asian American woman to have a play on Broadway a couple months nice. ago or whatever. There are things like that are happening, but there were people who opened those doors for us so that we could even imagine those worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, it had to come from somewhere we had to get that permission, but somebody else had to be the first. You to know? step out there. Yeah. So it's, it's happening, but only because that path has been started for us. Well,
3: and also, you know, we're seeing each other more. Yeah. And... Um, I, and then, thank goodness we have, in the 21st century, this, this, for, this forsaken internet. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it's true. Now we know each other exists. Is that, yeah, right? we do. It's it's true. True. And that yeah, these stories true. are coming out anyway, and that what yeah. happens in our
1: communities, which is wonderful. It's, it's yeah. a two-sided sword, sword it but is. it's still wonderful. But we're doing it ourselves partly because we have that accessible it's, thing of the mm-hmm. internet. And that we have right. to. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: and so now, um, you know, I've been working in uh, South Africa a lot the last mm-hmm. decade. And the African woman, in all of her sh- shades and hues, and her stories, and and uh, I I always talk about my African American uh, artists, speaking of Uzo uh, and uh, Chibi, and that I have these women now on stage with me because there's another quality yes. to 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 the voice what what you bring to the table, which is. All the way back from the motherland, storytelling, you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time the magical darkness. When you talk about your mother mm-hmm. and the, the, what you lived through with your mother, and it helps me to make that connection with my own mother, mm-hmm. you know That's that right. uh, and what the, and what the, they lived. And when I work with incarcerated women, I say to them, "You have a right to a life." And I think I think that I was, this particular show, "When Did Your Hands Become a Weapon," has really brought that home. That mm-hmm. this is our lives we're talking mm-hmm. about. That's you right. know, we're not. This is into Hollywood, you know, right. but, but uh, you know, Hollywood's on its way, so <laughs> it's <laughs> like, let's all make some money, but, you know.
4: <laughs> so it's about that time. Mm. If there are any final words, please share them, and then perhaps you want to close with something from the show. And before we launch into closing words, we are giving away a pair of tickets, um, one pair per each show. And there are a few shows left this weekend, so you do have a chance to win. The shows are this coming Thursday, November 1st at 8 p.m., Saturday, November 3rd at 3 p.m. and 8 p.m., and Sunday, November 4th at 3 p.m. And you can find all of that information on our site, WeRiseProduction.com, and in the show description on iTunes and Spotify. In order to win all you need to do is email angieinlegal at yahoo.com. That's Legal L E G A L at yahoo.com. We'll also have that up on our site. Email Angie for a chance to win a pair of tickets. Please send along your name and phone number and which date you want to attend and the first person to respond wins. It's that simple. So final words, I would
2: like to say uh, to Radessa, I thank you so much for the bravery, the courage. You know, you have a very colorful, dynamic (laughs) story. And I could listen to you talk for days. And I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine two years ago being able to tell my stories, and there's more in the bank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't even imagine telling it publicly Mm -hmm. until I saw what you did and who you assembled on the stage Mm -hmm. to be able to tell our stories, so thank you.
0: Oh, you're welcome, thank you for sharing and believing. Yes, yes.
1: Oh, I can't. how could I top? I mean, yeah, all I can say is thank you. I mean, I, I told the story before that I came to the Bay partly with the intention of working at Rodessa. And then <laughs> powers that be, I found myself in a reading and now a show with her. And I feel like it was meant to be. I feel like there's a reason. I met all of you, but in- mm. including Rodessa and... Yeah, I think I said in one of the rehearsals that I feel like I am going through a, a kind of a breakthrough as a person, as an artist. And I think that the Medea Project is a very crucial part of that. And I just can't wait to see how I continue to grow. And I can only thank you and the rest of the cast for allowing that to happen and for allowing that to begin in me. Um, I feel like I I was craving a artistic community in the Bay, and I feel like I'm, I found it. Um, thank you for
0: your verve and your energy. Yeah. Oh <laughs> she's, man. She's, she's buck wild. She's buck like. wild. <laughs> thank you. It's
1: all good wild mom. <laughs> <It's> good wild. <laughs> well,
3: you know, thank you. Thank you both. Yes. It it's it's just a joy to to know that you're willing, you're carrying the plates. Over from the from the kitchen and into the living mm-hmm. the dining room and helping your aunties and your grandmothers tell the stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are them too <laughs> and um,
0: blood memory blood memory yes. ready ready
3: imagine. imagine
2: it is dinner, dinner time. time imagine. imagine. We We are are sitting sitting around a campfire.
4: Imagine,
2: we we are ancient ancient, magical magical women who live live in peace with with all creatures. So that just beyond our cooking circle, the lions that 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 we keep around as allies more than pets
3: are yawning. And, and setting, setting their, massive their massive
2: heads on their massive paws while we confer and, and confess. Conducting business our business
3: as ancient magical, magical women often do over steaming pots and sleeping and children. children. A stone's stone throw from, from the mysterious male creatures with, with whom we share, we share our, our blankets, our, blankets
2: our, our babies, and our and blood memories.
0: Imagine Our, our business, business includes
2: culture, commerce,
0: commerce health
2: care, and, and technology, defense, and diversions, and, and endless discussions.
3: Of, of what, what it, it
2: means to, to, to fall in, in love
3: and, and stay there.
2: Imagine there's a full moon. moon. Imagine, Imagine there's peace, plenty, plenty safety, and, and spirit. Imagine What language we might speak.
0: Imagine the sound
2: of our laughter.
0: Pearl Cleegg.